It's an extremely ugly start for the Hawks, but it's only game one. Just not getting down. I mean, it's, you gotta win four games to win a series. You don't win one and win it all. So if that was the case, we would have been in the finals last year. What's up everybody? And welcome to the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm your host, Sarah Spencer, Hawks beat reporter for the AJC. Um, so gonna be completely honest with you guys. This is gonna be a pretty short episode and there are two reasons why. The first reason is that I did not land in Miami until about 3.30 a.m., did not go to bed until 4.30 a.m., and then, of course, the game was at 1 p.m. Quick turnaround for both the Hawks and myself. Um, I'm not actually playing in the games, but I can confirm that even even when you're not actually playing, sometimes the travel schedule gets a little crazy um, with flight delays like that. Anyway, so that's reason number one. I'm not going to make you guys uh, listen to my insane rambling too much considering that I'm running on fumes and then the second reason is that there is not too much to say about game one and if you watched it you know exactly why the Hawks got completely and just utterly demolished in game one 115 to 91 um, by the Heat who are obviously the number one seed and we'll get into a little bit more about that as Trey Young mentioned though in that opener it's just one loss so Yes, it's really ugly, but I mean, you're still only down 0-1, so that's at least a little bit of good news there. Um, so we'll talk about we'll talk about game one and what went wrong, mostly a little bit of what went right. Uh, John Collins was able to play, so that's a positive. The Hawks Report is brought to you by Emory Healthcare, the official team healthcare provider of the Atlanta Hawks. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. A quick reminder that if you're listening to us for the first time, please follow us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. Okay, y'all, there's really no way to sugarcoat that game one for the Hawks was pretty terrible. They just could not get anything going on offense. And I think even Trey Young um, was held to eight points, one for 12 from the field, 0 for 7 from 3, um, 6 for 7 from the line. The Hawks uh, had some success getting to the line, um, which prevented this from being even worse of a blowout. Um, 23 for 27 from the line compared to 11 for 18 for Miami. But yeah, this one, as far as actual, you know, the actual game, this was, they, they just could not get anything going. Um, so eight points is a playoff low for Trey Young. He also had six turnovers. And the Hawks are just going to have trouble. Obviously, it's not all on Trey. I mean, Bogey went 0 for 8. Um, Kevin Herter, 3 for 8. Anyeka Kongwu was struggling to get going, too, starting in Clint Capella's absence. The Hawks are without Clint Capella, and they really missed him in the paint in this game. Um, when Trey 
struggles offensively, though, considering how much the Hawks rely on him, that's going to be a really, really big factor. Um, you know, that's they're going to have a hard time overcoming that. Um, and Miami's defense is incredibly stout. Miami was also playing on a week's rest. They hadn't played since, obviously, their regular season finale about a week ago because, you know, you're the number one seed. You didn't have to go in the play-in tournament and fight to get here, which the Hawks did. Um, so I do think that I, I do think it's fair to point out, you know, as I, I mean, hey, I'm on short rest, too. So again, y'all bear with me. Um, I do think that that's fair that, you know, tired legs, um, tough circumstance. Sometimes that really can affect your shooting. The Hawks overall shot 38.7 percent from the field, 27.8 percent from three. Um, I mean, the Hawks made 10 threes total. Duncan Robinson on his own made eight for the Heat. Um, he shot 52%, 52.4% from the field, 47.4% from three. I mean, you know, the short rest definitely came up when it, when it came to, to shooting, um, I think, but Nate McMillan wasn't really buying that excuse. A lot of the guys really weren't. Um, and I, I think that they were kind of pointing more so to just intensity. So here's Nate talking about intensity versus tired legs. I don't think it's tired legs. I thought uh, uh, Miami uh, played another level. Uh, we talked about that uh, in our locker room, that uh, in the playoffs, there's another level that you have to get to. Uh, they already play uh, with a, a high intensity, uh, aggressiveness, every possession. And, uh, you know, they showed us, you know, tonight that there's another level that we have to get to uh, in order to uh, compete in these playoffs. They play with uh, way more intensity than, than we did, um, and we were not ready. They did. They started from from the beginning of the game, and we never matched it uh, throughout the whole game. So that's Danilo Gallinari, who was one of the few things kind of going right for the Hawks in this game. Um, not really from three, which is usually his thing, but he had a team high seventeen points, five rebounds. Um, but even that, it, it, it wasn't nearly enough. Just systemically, the Hawks could not get any cohesion offensively. And then, um, I mean, this game was getting real, real ugly pr- pretty much the whole time. Um, they were down 23-17, the Hawks were, in the first quarter. So the first quarter, you know, you weren't at a blowout level there. And then the Heat put up 36 points in the second quarter. And it just dissolved, devolved, really <laughs> dissolved. It just, it just devolved. I'm about to dissolve. Uh, it just devolved really, really quickly um, in that second quarter. And then the fourth quarter was essentially like total garbage time. The Hawks actually won that 31-29, which prevented the final score from looking too atrocious. But um, this was a really rough game. Not much to say. The Hawks had obviously just played. I think, again, Nate's not buying it. I'm not saying it's straight up an excuse, but I do think that having just come off a very emotional high and having to play yourself into the eight seed, obviously, um, just beating Cleveland in Cleveland on Friday. And then, you know, just again, emotional high, big second half from Trey, and then I think this was this was just whether it was rest, whether it was mental, whether it was mentality. As the season goes on, we'll just see if it's matchup based more. Um, not having Clint 
Uh, there's not a timeline on a return for Clint, but not having Clint is really going to hurt the Hawks. Um, and then John Collins, let's talk about him for just a second here. Um, 10 points, four rebounds, one assist, one steal. Um, Twenty, Actually, 21 minutes he played coming off the bench, which was more than I expected him to play. Um, I would not say he was he, – he was not much of a factor, but I think in his first game back since March 11th, dealing with two injuries, not just one, he's got the finger and the foot – um, that was, a again, a slight positive takeaway there, but he was not able, uh, he was not able to, you know, affect the game or, um, keep the, keep the Hawks in it. Like maybe that would have, if you had, you know, Johnny and Clint, maybe that's, maybe this is a, a different game. So obviously the Hawks are shorthanded and, and struggling when you're missing, um, well, they're not missing John, but when two of your front court guys either are gone or aren't at their typical level. So we'll see how John plays. We'll see how he's, you know, feeling um, as we move forward in the series. So anyway, after the game, John talked about how he is feeling. Um, I think obviously it's good for him to get back, but he did mention, you know, he's not really fully himself out there yet. You know, I don't necessarily know if I'll feel 100% anytime soon. Um, as I said, it's more so about just understanding, can I go, can I, do I feel comfortable going out there and just hooping? Um, you know, I feel like I know I won't be pain-free, um, but I'm just good. And I don't think anybody's pain-free at this point in the season. So I'm just trying to um, make sure that I'm not, in there, you know, interrupting anything for the long term. You know, I thought he was, uh, he was good for us tonight. You know, he hasn't played in really over a month. And, uh, you know, it was a game-time decision. So, a little hesitant, uh, you know, uh, putting him out there. Uh, but I thought he was okay. You know, he uh, uh, felt okay. Uh, you know, we put him in at that backup five position. And uh, it was good to see him out there again. But, uh, you know, he has to, of course, get his rhythm, uh, you know, with, uh, with his teammates again. But it was good to see him back out on the floor. Yeah, so, John, um Eventually in this game, I think he started to warm up, which of course is totally understandable when you miss, um, you know, about a month or so or several weeks. It's going to take you a little time to get fully back in the swing of things. Um, I mean, it's great for the Hawks. They brought him off the bench in this game. It's great for the Hawks to get him back. And I think it's just, you know, something to keep an eye on throughout the series is can he, uh, you know, how does he kind of get back in the swing of things and, and look look more like his old self? Because I think that's definitely something they're going to need. Um, especially if they don't get Clint Capella back. Um, Anyaka Kongwu started with Clint out injured, three points, four fouls in 20 minutes, um, got into a little foul trouble there, seven rebounds, one assist, one block. Um, again, you know, I, I don't even know. I don't even know if it's looking at like individual stuff that I'm, that I'm reading out. It's, it's, you can't pin this on one guy for sure. Um, there were just a lot of, you know, systemic things um, going wrong. I think the Heat were just totally, totally in the swing of things, totally firing on all cylinders. You know, you're in your home gym, playing in front of, you know, your own crowd, shooting on, you know, your own baskets, that kind of thing. And this was just, this was just one of those games where the, I mean, the Heat just, the Heat just dominated. It was just, it was just, you know, a clunker for the Hawks. But again, like we said at the beginning, it only counts as one loss. So Trey Young talked a little bit about Miami's defense, which I do think is something to really point out that this is a defense. This is a different monster than 
what the Hawks faced, obviously against Charlotte, who does not have a good defense, um, in the play-in tournament, the first of, of two must-wins game, two must-win games they had to get. And then the second game against Cleveland, when, you know, Cleveland is more of a defensive team, but Jared Allen was in his first game back in a while, and Trey Young was able to take over that game in the second half, you know, despite Cleveland's defense. Miami is a different monster. You know, this is a extremely potent, tough defense that they're going to have to tackle. So here was Trey talking about dealing with um, the Heat's defense. Uh, I mean, they do a lot of switching. They do a lot of switching things up too, not just switching. They do a lot of trapping. Um, I mean, so you got to be ready to to really just read off of what they do because they do a lot of different things in different times of the game. So it's not just switching. They do a lot of trapping and and uh, things like that too. That's what they do. You know, uh, they're a very good defensive team. Uh, really, all five guys that are out there uh, are good individual defenders, and they are connected um, uh, as a group. And, uh, you know, they established their defense really early, uh, I thought, uh, in the game. And, you know, we played it. I thought we played in our first option, you know, basically uh, in that first quarter, pretty much the first half where – uh, we came down, we either shot the ball or one pass and a shot. And you have to uh, be more patient uh, than that, get the ball moving uh, against their defense uh, and play in your third and your fourth options. And I didn't feel that we, we did that uh, early in the game. So I think that's a good point by Nate. I think that a defense as good as Miami, you got to at least make them work as much as possible. Um, and the Hawks did not do that. They weren't, weren't really doing much to, you know, tire them out and, and get them moving. Um, 35 assists for the Heat, 16 for the Hawks. Some of that is, you know, the Hawks weren't making shots. Um, but the Heat were definitely moving the ball really well as well. Um, uh, 18 turnovers for the Hawks, 15 for the Heat, but the Hawks are, you know, a team that they typically don't, turn the ball over much at all. Um, the Hawks were actually first in the NBA in the regular season in, um, in lowest turnovers, rather. Um, but, you know, the Hawks are the team that really can't afford to do that. Uh, so anyway, yeah, we'll have to see how they bounce back, and we'll talk more about that in just a second. This is the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I want to thank everyone who subscribes to the AJC and AJC.com. It's what makes all of this possible. And if you aren't a subscriber, you can go to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast 
And your first month of unlimited digital access is just 99 cents. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. You always know what's really going on. Okay, so as we've talked about, obviously a very bad way to start the series, but the series, to state the obvious, it's not over. It's just one game. Not a good game, not a good, not a good start, but it is just one game. It's not like you've lost the series, you know, after one game. And Trey Young talked about that a bit and how he expects the Hawks to bounce back. Uh, I mean, we obviously gotta go back and and uh to the drawing board and get get some things switched up and uh to be ready to play. Uh really it's just not getting down. I mean, it's, you gotta win four games to win a series. You don't win one and win it all. So if that was the case, we would have been in the finals last year. So um I wish we just gotta we just gotta keep a clear mind, stay stay level headed, and we will, and um, just be ready to go for game two. Yeah, and I think that's the right mindset to have. This is a game that it's not one of those clunkers like in the regular season when you're like, I can't even bring myself to watch the film. Like obviously it's the playoffs. You know, you got to really dissect everything that went wrong, and I think you know the Hawks are going to do that. Really dive into how Miami's defense was able to, to stifle them so much and and figure out ways to break through on that end. Even though this was a, a bad way to to start the series, now you at least can learn from it. And one more game in Miami. Um, that game will be Tuesday. So we'll see pretty quick here. That's one thing about the playoffs. It's kind of like bing, bam, boom. We'll see pretty quick here how the Hawks – adjust and and if they can bounce back and then obviously after that this series will go back to Atlanta and you'll get two games in Atlanta friendlier territory you know playing in front of your own fans that kind of stuff um but one thing the Hawks were able to do last year in the playoffs that really they played well on the road I know the road has been a tough for them this season last year on the road the Hawks were really good in the playoffs and they were able to kind of go one and one on a lot of teams, you know, throughout the playoffs, which that's that's really what you want to do. If you can play 500 basketball on the road, pretty much everybody will tell you. I mean, geez, especially in the playoffs, if you can kind of steal one on the road, then that sets you up to go back to your home gym and, and hopefully excel there. Um, so John Collins talked a little bit about what needs to change, though, for the Hawks going into game two. You know, confidence-wise for ourselves, I don't necessarily felt like we were we were wavering in confidence. I just more so felt the mentality, um, and we and how we thought the Heat were going to approach this game was a little bit uh, less than we have liked. But um, it's in terms of things that we need to change, I uh, really just need to change our our mentality, uh, our ability to talk on defense. Um, the open shots are going to fall, but we just need to move the ball a little bit more uh, and just adjust to to this Miami team, a different team than we played in the regular season. Uh, try to you know use the series to its fullest extent and uh, come back in the series. So A lot of things. Uh, we we just, first of all, like I said, our intensity and then our game plan defensively has to be better and our game plan offensively has to be better. Uh, but the first thing is the intensity and, and get stops and, and, and run and run the floor better. Uh, offensively, we got to have, a, uh, you know, that look at their defense, what they do and trying to find ways to be more effective uh, on the offensive end of the court. So I really appreciate that was Gallo. The first quote there was John Collins, and then the second one was Gallo. And I really, really appreciated Gallo's bluntness after this game. Obviously, there's no mince and words here. There's no way to hide that, you know, this is a, a bad way to start the series. And I love how talking about what needs to be better, he basically said, 
offense, defense, and intensity. So quite quite a bit needs to be a little bit better um, for for the Hawks, but I, I love the honesty there. Um, and I mean, again, as much I, I don't want this to be a completely negative podcast because at the end of the day, again, you're only down 0-1. Um, so we'll see how they can bounce back in game two. Definitely some adjustments uh, that they that the Hawks need to make, which which John and, and Gallo touched on there. So we'll see what they can do with it. You know, we'll see how John looks throughout the series health-wise. We'll see how Trey and the Hawks offense can get creative and try to try to make this Miami Heat defense work a little bit more. Um, and we'll see how they bounce back on Tuesday. All right, that wraps up today's show. I'm going to go. It, it, y'all, it is like I'm recording this at like 5.40 p.m. Not that long after the game. It was a day game. The sun is shining in Miami and I think I'm just going to go to sleep because that's how boring I am right now because of the schedule and just because of the way the past couple of days have gone. Uh, so anyway, I'm going to go to sleep. I uh, hope you guys enjoy this episode when it does come out. And please don't forget to rate, review, follow, share, subscribe. And yeah, we'll see you later this week after game two on the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.